I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-minute parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-minute parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. A question came in on my weekly parenting slot on News Talk FM Sean Moncrief show recently and arising from how I answered it, a number of you reached out sharing about your own perfectionist children or your own perfectionist selves and one in particular wrote to say that it had helped make sense of the perfectionist parent they had grown up with. Based on all of this interaction, I thought that it would be worth exploring perfectionism in more detail here. Perfectionism is not the same as holding yourself to high standards or expecting to do well, because that's not a problem. It's nice to expect to do well. We should encourage ourselves and our children to do so. But perfectionism is about unrealistically high expectations that lead to placing enormous pressure on ourselves. And then even if we do well or achieve the task at hand, our focus moves to dismissing or minimizing the achievement as undeserved. You know, that exam was an easy one. It was luck. Imagine what I could have achieved if I worked a bit harder. All of those kinds of statements. But the achievement is not enjoyed, even when it is there. Perfectionism can be linked to low self-esteem, hence the feeling of not having deserved the success or not being good enough for the role you've been promoted to. Perfectionism is damaging to children, but also to any of us at any stage of our lives. However, and this is the part that many of you found especially interesting, perfectionism isn't the same experience for everyone. This is because there are different types of perfectionism. There's other-oriented perfectionism, and this is when we may hold impossibly high standards for others or hold others to these standards. Self-oriented perfectionism, this is when we're holding ourselves to impossibly and often unrealistically high standards. And then there is socially prescribed perfectionism. This is when we hold other people who might be in our broader society, you know, general population. It could be parents, but it also could be coaches, teachers, or anyone who is of particular standing in society. Or it can also be when we hold society at large to unrealistically high standards. Or we perceive that others as named, you know, parents, coaches, teachers, or others in society, or somehow we imagine the whole of society is holding us to impossibly high standards. So if we don't meet those impossibly high standards we imagine society is holding for us, we will have let down everybody. Some signs that your child might be struggling with perfectionism are, you know, perhaps they take ages to complete homework or some other such task because they never feel it is good enough. Your child may be highly sensitive to or show an overt fear of failure, believing perhaps that if they fail, they will have let others down or they're going to be judged harshly. Your child may be very self-critical and may have trouble prioritizing tasks. You know, in an exam situation, it can mean that they spend far too much time on one question, regardless of how many points it's worth, and then they run out of time for the rest and they do not complete the exam. 
in addition to being self-critical, maybe you observe your child being highly critical of others and they speak in a highly critical way. And this matters because living under this kind of constant pressure can impact on mental health and well-being. It can even trigger some specific mental illnesses such as obsessive compulsive patterns or anxiety disorders, but it can also steal our capacity for joy in life, in school, activities and in relationships or friendships. It can just steal the joy from all of those. And a life without capacity for joy is deeply problematic. I spoke about the necessity of joy in our lives in a previous episode you can listen back to, but the principle also applies here. Some children carry lower lower levels of self-esteem and they may believe that they're defined, appreciated and loved in accordance with their achievements. Now, this can lead to a strong and even overwhelming desire to please others as a means of gaining or showing affection or approval. You know, perhaps they feel that they can elicit joy, praise and affection from a parent if they excel at school or on the sports field, but otherwise they're not deserving of that love, praise or affection. As parents, thinking about ourselves now, be mindful and wary of overpraising children for high achievements. Rather focus on their effort over the outcome and emphasize the pleasure you gain from observing their pleasure and joy too. In other words, seeing them happy makes you happy. That's what you want to talk about. You know, we don't want to hear about how, oh, my child is great. You know, they spent hours on their homework or, oh, my child was up all night studying because the truth is you shouldn't be spending hours on homework. You shouldn't be up all night studying. So these aren't, you know, badges of honor. These are things that we want to get curious about what might be driving that. And is that really in our children's interest? Because it truly isn't. You know, I can I can assure you of that. But if you, you can have a child also who's self-oriented perfectionist and you can know that you're not driving this in them, but you can also be the perfectionist parent. And a number of you wrote to me realizing, actually, I was raised by a perfectionist parent. And that can happen even if you're not consciously aware that you're a perfectionist parent, because parents who are perfectionists are more likely to raise perfectionist children or perfectionistic children. It may not even be something that we're overtly doing or saying to them, but, you know, it can be observing just how you treat yourself in this regard, how you speak to yourself and how you speak or, you know, act about your own achievements and your children are looking to you and they're seeing you do this. And it can be a behavior pattern that they then mirror from you. So it's not something that, gosh, I don't do that to my child. I'm very tough on myself, but I don't do it with my child. But that child is looking at you, do it to yourself. And they're taking their social and emotional behavioral cues from you. I do want to speak a little bit about the perfectionist parent here because, you know, the messages I received were written in an almost confessional way. And there's no need for that, by the way. You know, don't ever feel like, oh, gosh, I I think I'm the perfectionist. I'm awful. I'm dreadful. Because saying that you self-identify as a perfectionist parent and know that you're projecting perfectionism onto your children is the beginning, isn't it? Knowing you're doing it is your way of going, oh, wait a minute. And in that wait, 
we can start to explore change. And I don't want anyone being really tough on themselves on this because the fact is we live in a highly perfectionistic society amplified by social media, not caused, but amplified by social media that can result in this subtle and at times not so subtle one upping between friends and family members and even strangers on social media whose opinions, be that perceived or real, we have suddenly decided matter to us. But just as we said about children, being a perfectionist parent is a very stressful and damaging experience for you, certainly, and also for your child and moreover for your relationship with your child. So if you're a perfectionist, there is every chance that you're consciously aware of it. You may run your home, your office, your life with precision and a rigid level of order, your schedule oriented, and so long as everyone does their part and moves at your pace, all is fine. But of course, this isn't how life and other people work. So also be aware how disruptions to your order affect you. You know, if you're thinking, but it works great for us, great, until it doesn't, right? So bring to mind what happens to you within you if things don't go to plan. How do you cope with that? Some of us are only perfectionists in the parenting arena, largely stemming from the best of intentions that our children do well, that our children succeed, they achieve, they get what we want them to have in life. You know, where anything less than a top tier university place and a large spacious home in a desirable suburb is a failure on your part as a parent. Maybe we have that ruminating thought of, you know, I didn't do right by them or I didn't do enough by them if they didn't achieve these particular things we've decided are a measure of success. If you hear yourself criticizing yourself or your children a lot, be aware of that. If you feel, gosh, yes, I am critical. I do have very high expectations. I do struggle with changes. Maybe that's a sign that you have perfectionistic tendencies. Or maybe if you blame yourself, if your child doesn't score in the top 5% of their class, or if they don't make the first team in sports, Perhaps you blame them and berate them that if they trained, studied, practiced and did what you said, they would have achieved more. Or if you're constantly second guessing your decisions as a parent for fear that your decision is going to be the wrong one, you know, gosh, will I, won't I, will I, won't I? And you can end up dithering and tying yourself up in an anxiety knot. Or perhaps you flip your lid and lose it when something small goes wrong, believing an entire activity or task or event is now ruined because of this one small detail that in truth only you would have noticed or been aware of. Maybe you've difficulty watching your child do something when they're doing it in a way that you wouldn't do it and you're like oh maybe and you're you know trying really hard not to leap in but every fiber in your being wants to leap in and direct them to guarantee success no 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 if you stack them this way it'll be fine or do it this way instead of letting them make the mistake and learn from it that's too difficult to bear when you're a perfectionist it can be very difficult to watch what seems like an obvious or avoidable mistake maybe you take the Maybe you're taking just an over-the-top interest in your child's friendships, activities, schooling, believing that your self-worth is contingent on their success. Or maybe you're living in a way that you feel that you can fulfill unfulfilled dreams through your child participating or achieving something that you didn't but wish you had. Maybe you're aware that you criticize your child or yourself more than you praise them. Because that balance should always be praise heavy, not critique heavy. Perfectionism doesn't help our children to work harder or do better. 
quite the opposite. And actually, it wreaks havoc on their self-esteem and sense of self-worth so that their performance and achievements are often less than they could be were we leaning into praise over perfectionism. And I mean praise, you know, effort over outcome. Letting go of perfectionism isn't easy. Start by consciously choosing to change it. Okay, I'm aware of it and I want to change it. That's conscious awareness. And then become more aware of your language. What language do I use? How else could I word that sentence? Shift your focus to their efforts over the outcome. Be specific in your praise because in order for praise to be effective, in meaningful change to self-esteem. It has to be specific, not a general, oh my goodness, you're brilliant at art, okay? It is much more impactful for your child's self-esteem if you attend to the individual parts of a painting and maybe focus on, you know, I really like how you chose your colors and blended them. I can see you took a lot of time selecting this and you moved from one kind of brush stroke to another. Being specific in your praise is much more impactful for self-esteem. Also give second chances, give do-overs. Oh, you know, I think, I think, you know, you forgot how we do that in this family. Do you want to try again? Or hey, you know, would you like to give that a second go? Don't say do it again, but just invite it and then praise that effort over the outcome or regardless of the outcome. Then find and focus on the aspect of your parenting that you are proud of and draw on that strength because it's really important. I think it's so easy as parents to write a list of the things that we believe we're doing wrong and we can actually underestimate how much we're doing right. And in my experience of working with parents over the last more than 20 years at this stage, we're always getting much more right than we are wrong. So give that time and attention. Reframe mistakes as opportunities to learn and grow. Oh, that didn't go to plan. Do you know what? Now that I think about it, here's what we could do differently. Be kind to yourself, basically. This isn't something you're doing to consciously harm yourself or your child. You want the best for your child. This is about shifting gears and even shifting lanes to still want and now get the best for your child and yourself. But it's about how you do it. And look, maybe as you're listening, you become much more aware that there's a deeper story to your own perfectionistic tendencies or you were raised by a particularly perfectionist parent who maybe was harsh or even cruel in their high expectations and you carry that wound and that isn't your fault you didn't do anything to deserve that but if you're listening and saying gosh that's really resonating do yourself the favor and invest in yourself and your relationship with your child of going to speak with somebody about that going to a mental health professional who can help you to look at the patterns that might be replicating or just look at the impact that perfectionistic parent you grew up with has had on you and the choices you're making. It is never too late and you always deserve that space. For children, I'm going to suggest that you encourage activities where the focus is on participation over achievement. You know, that might be all kinds of things like an art class. It might be just going for a hike, doing some orienteering. It might be scouts. There's lots of things that you can do there. You could also model healthy self-talk. You can practice healthy coping skills to better manage disappointment and frustration. It might be about writing about them, drawing about them, playing them out to deepen understanding. But there's lots of ways, again, that you can model that. There's also, now that I'm talking about that, something popped into my head. You know, there's a gorgeous book my daughter has called 
Beautiful Oops, and it's by Barney Salzberg. It celebrates mistakes and imperfection, highlighting how even a mistake can be beautiful with some creative and playful interpretation. And I think that's a lovely message for us all to hold in mind when we're re-examining our perfectionistic tendencies or how we're going to make these changes with a perfectionist child, that mistakes are beautiful and they can be beautiful with creative and playful interpretation. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15-Minute Parenting.